Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is the early morning show. Adam Crowley with you. Shows presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. On Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. On the phones at 412-928-9370. Pitt falls yesterday to Xavier, 84-73. Matchups make the fight in the NCAA tournament. I thought Pitt, upon further review... Had two great matchups to start this tournament off. Pitt struggled playing defense for large stretches this year, but were a good offensive ball club. And the first two games, they wound up playing teams that were horrendous offensively. Both teams held under their season averages. So Pitt absolutely deserves credit for playing good defense in those games, but they were good matchups for the Panthers. Xavier, when I saw it on paper, even without Fremantle, who was their second leading scorer this year, they just moved the ball so well they can shoot fourth in the country in three-point percentage. And when you got a seven-footer who is at the end of his collegiate career, who's got all the meat on his bones, who can also stroke it from deep, who can work you down low, He's just further along, obviously, in his progression than the Diaz Grand Brothers, who gave Pitt an excellent tournament. And further along in his development than Federico Federico. If I'm Jeff Capel, this offseason, my guys are eating, 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 eating. I think that the Diaz Grand Brothers are going to be really good. I don't know about Federico, but I think you get him some food as well. 18,000 calories a day, something like that. He's going to be a player too. We'll talk about the future of Pitt basketball a little bit later on. But let's have an honest discussion about this season at 412-928-9370 because I'm a little caught in between here. Like, I'm not a Pitt fan. So whenever I say things, I just get hit over the head with, you stupid hoopy. <laughs> I get hit with, you're an idiot, you're biased, you're a West Virginia guy. And that's all true. But I try to put it aside when I talk into the microphone here. And I thought that the reaction to the loss for Pitt yesterday on social media was as measured a reaction I have ever seen after a team gets bounced from the playoffs, the tournament, what have you. Pitt fans were overly, and maybe overly is not the right word, but Pitt fans were super reasonable on social media. That's no fun. I thought so many times about tweeting out the gif of the Pitt logo falling off before the first four game. I thought about putting some chum in the water like, 
Oh, if Pitt switched coaches and Sean Miller was on their sideline, then they'd have won the game. I didn't do that. I played it nice, even though Pitt fans have been abusing me on social media mm, forever. If I had put it out there, though, would anybody have bit? I thought Pitt fans, after the game, were probably spot on with their reaction, which was, you know what? We ran into a really good Xavier team, and the last six years, hell, the last nine years haven't been wonderful for Pitt basketball, but now we're on the up and up. Now we're on a trajectory where things are looking pretty good. The Pete got back to rocking, won a bunch of ACC games. Jeff Capel seems to have turned this program around, and we're really happy about the way that the season went. That was the reaction. And I get that. Is it possible, and maybe we'll get here, Pitt fans will, in a little bit, is it okay to also be disappointed that you didn't win the ACC regular season championship? I don't think that's the prevailing thought, and it was not the prevailing thought yesterday. But if it were me and my team, and your team didn't advance in the turn, fine, whatever, do your thing. I'll just get it out of the way for you. 13-9, 13-9, there you go, get it out of the way. If it were my team, I'd have been thrilled. You win a couple of games in the tournament, one in the play-in, but that counted. You felt good. You celebrated. You were jumping up and down. Your heart probably stopped before your heart started going again at the end of that Mississippi State game. And then you got to experience the thumping of Iowa State, and you got to do the whole, oh, the Big 12 sucks thing. But I would have still liked to hang that banner for a conference championship. The only great, that's the only thing you can say, I think, for this year, if you want to look at it from a negative perspective at all. That's it. Just, you beat Notre Dame or you beat Florida State, you hang an ACC championship banner. Everything else is a wonderful season. Aiden Fish at the end of that Syracuse game after Bayheim called your program cheaters, which was huh, hilarious, given Bayheim. Beat North Carolina twice. Don't care if they made the tournament or not. That's North Carolina. You beat them twice. You beat them on the road. That's fun. You had one of the best comeback victories in a long time at home against Miami. It was a great year. The question now is, and I said we'd get here, how do you build off of it? Because in the here and the now, I think whatever your perspective is, and if it's a reasonable one, that's great. But if this is a one-off, then it will have been a missed opportunity. Like, if this is the only year that Jeff Capel has pit in the NCAA tournament, I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but if it is, I think you'll all look back and go, ah, dang, we should have at least won the ACC. But if this is a springboard to bigger and better things, well then it's okay that you didn't. I've said for a long time, and Pitt sort of spit in the face of this this year, but winning begets winning in college sports more than ever now. If you suck, it's hard to get players to come in and want to help turn the program around because largely the reason you're transferring is because you don't want to stick it out of the place where you have to do a turnaround. So why would you want to go to another place where you got to pull a program up from the bootstraps. You probably don't. Well, Pitt was able to turn that on its head this year, and I think Nellie Cummings was really the straw that stirred that drink. A guy who had experience, who had been to a tournament, 
really good point guard, really level head, I thought. And he kind of set the tone. And Aiden Fish was talking about this the other day with Jeff Hathorne. He came in and said, we're going to the tournament. So Pitt was able to get a guy like that who said, don't worry about what's happened before. Let's take care of the here and the now. And JB making that big shot against Mississippi State. Hell of a year from him. Blake Hinson should be back next year. Hell of a season for him. They were able to find themselves after a 1-3 and three start. A heck of a job by Jeff Capel to not have this team bury its head collectively in the sand. So they were able to do something that you don't see happen a lot, which is bad, really bad, to good. Well, theoretically, it should be easier now, right? You were a game away from winning the ACC championship. You made a little bit of noise, and it felt like they went further than they did in the NCAA tournament because they got to win two games. That's one of the things that came with that play-in game that's actually a huge positive. You know, it felt to me like Pitt was making a little bit of a run when they went to the round of 32. Usually you win two games, you're in the Sweet 16. So you got a little bit of that feel, which I think helps sell the program next season. Jeff Capel talked about it after the game. He said, man, we don't have time off now. You got to talk to guys. Hey, you staying? What's your role? Yada, yada. And then I got to go out. I got to talk to high school kids. But I got to go hit this portal. And that's the next step. So if Pitt can build on this, I think you look at this year and you go, yes, this was seminal moment. Massive. If Pitt does not get back to the tournament, you look at it and you go, oh man, what could have been? We could have been ACC champions. At least that's the way I would look at it if I were a Pitt fan. But I'm not. So I want to hear from you at 412-928-9370 on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. I was getting crushed over the weekend by people every time a Big 12 team would do something bad. Oh, yeah, all I heard was how great the Big 12 was this year. couple things. One, do you think I want to see Big 12 teams win ever? Here's my general rule of thumb. During the regular season, beat your chest. My conference is the best. Then the second the tournament starts, I hope they all lose. You think I didn't get any gratification when Kansas got eliminated by Arkansas? It was wonderful. I hate Kansas. Sports hate. Can't stand him. Bill Self, big old cheater. Hope his health's okay. But big old cheater. He ain't got hit with stuff because, well, Kansas. Oh, four-game suspension beginning of the year. My guy cheats. So I don't care about Kansas. I wanted Texas to lose to Penn State. They didn't. So I don't care about any of that. But here's the funny thing. Two Big 12 teams now make it to the Sweet 16. All year long, I heard the ACC terribly undervalued. Well, only one team makes it to the Sweet 16. Three Big East teams, three SEC teams. The reality is, basketball is a large sample size sport. Pitt, over the course of a season, is going to shoot 36% from three. They got great three-point shooters. They didn't shoot well against Iowa State. It's a one-off. You know, Iowa State didn't shoot to their hmm, season averages. Obviously, it's a one-off. Mississippi State, bad offensive team, but they didn't shoot up to their expectations. From three, they did, but they had an even worse than average offensive night against Pitt. Styles make the fight in the NCAA tournament. So while I like to go back and forth with Big 12 this, ACC this, Big East this, 
The reality is there is no worse way to determine a champion in basketball than single elimination. It is the most aesthetically pleasing way. It is the greatest thing we have going in sports, in my opinion, the NCAA tournament. I would not change it at all. It is perfect the way that it is. But let's not fool ourselves into thinking that this is the best way to determine a national champion so that the best team wins. That is not the case. It is just the best way to determine a champion for our viewing and gambling pleasures. So I try not to extract all that much from what I see in the NCAA tournament. I really don't. It's how coaches are judged. Like Matt Painter, my man, choke job again. Like if Purdue fans want to be ticked off that that guy can't get it done in March, they absolutely should be. But I'm not going to sit here and say that the Big East is the best conference in college basketball because they got three teams in the Sweet 16. I'm not going to say the ACC sucks because they only got one team. I'm not going to say the Big 12 was overrated because they got two teams. Matchups, styles make the fight in the NCAA tournament. That's the way that it is. If Pitt had played a great offensive team in the first four, maybe they don't get out of the first four. But guess what? They didn't. And that's great for Pitt. You know, West Virginia, they played a bad matchup in Maryland. And they lost. And that's okay. It hurt me. But that's the way that it goes. But all this, oh, our conference is this, our conference is that. Well... It's a single elimination tournament, folks. I'm not going to try to extrapolate. I'm not going to try to pull any wide swathing generalizations from a tournament where the best teams get eliminated early because styles make the fight. The Arizona, they play Princeton 100 times. They're probably going to win 95 of those times. It's what makes the tournament beautiful. But it's why I'm not going to sit here and analyze the bejesus out of the thing. One game here and there, eh, try not to pull anything too big from it. One more pet peeve. I was watching West Virginia at the Rivers Casino, and I was wearing my Dub V jersey. I go to the bathroom at half after West Virginia blew that huge lead, and some guy pats me on the back while I'm at the urinal, which, come on, man, uh, don't touch me. <laughs> And the guy goes, oh, I put a couple bucks on West Virginia. What a tough first half. Well, how much you put on? Ah, just a couple of bucks. Less than a unit. All right, pal. You don't care as much as me. Like, if I'm a Pitt fan and someone comes up to me yesterday and goes, oh, man, I had Pitt beating Xavier in my bracket. That really sucks. I want to punch that dude in the face. Not for real, but kind of. You don't care as much as me. Money is a long way from the heart. Unless you're betting a mortgage check or something like that, I don't care that your bracket got busted. Because I love Pitt more than you care about your bracket. That's a quick pet peeve. 412-928-9370 on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. I'll tell you the real reason that Pitt fans should be super excited moving forward. We'll get to that. Plus, Omar Khan and Andy Weidel are getting work done for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the early morning show. Adam Crowley with you here. 93.7 The Fan. Pitt's season is over, but what a season it was, given the expectations Jeff Capel saw his team start out 1-3. and three. They were down at the half against Alabama State, and they made the playoffs, or they made the tournament. This is the best coaching job in Pittsburgh since fill-in-the-blank. I think probably Mike Sullivan in 2016. Hell, maybe Mike Sullivan's job in 2017 was better because they lost Chris Letang and won the Stanley Cup. But rarefied air for Jeff Capel. I think it might be the best head coaching job that we've seen for Pitt basketball ever. But there's another reason why Pitt fans should be optimistic about the state of the program going forward. I don't know where things wind up going with Jeff Capel. Maybe he keeps winning. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he keeps winning and leaves. Maybe he doesn't. One day, Sean Miller is going to be the head coach of Pitt basketball. Prediction. If Jeff Capel leaves, he goes, takes another job. John Shire goes to the NBA or something. I don't know. Maybe he goes to Duke. I'm just spitballing here. At one point, Sean Miller will be the head coach of Pitt basketball. And that guy can coach ball, man. I mean, when they're on offense, the ball hit the floor? Pass, 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 bucket. Pass, 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 bucket. Pass, 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 bucket. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Xavier basketball, man. Hadn't made the tournament in four years. Sean Miller comes back from Arizona, bang, first year, and they're in the Sweet 16. Guy's a hell of a coach, and he loves Pitt. One day, he'll be here. Might be a decade from now. Might be 15 years. I think at some point, he's the head coach of Pitt basketball, and that's a good thing. Jeff Capel, great. Sean Miller, great. You got a backup plan, because I think he'd come back. No doubt about that. Let's go to Ed. What's up, my man? Yeah, uh, what exactly is meant by the term transfer portal? How's that going to fit Pitt next year? Uh, are we going to lose any players? So here's the way I always look at the transfer portal, and thank you so much for the call as always, buddy. I think you can always go into an off season now in collegiate sports and think you're going to have one guy you're counting on that leaves, and you're going to get a guy or two who's going to come in and make an impact if your coach is doing the right job. And I think Jeff Cable proved this year he knows how to get it done in the transfer portal. The thing is, you're never going to know how all these guys are going to fit together. The portal allows you to know more what you're getting from an on-the-court standpoint, and hell, even from a mentality standpoint, because whomever you bring in from the portal is going to have done it at the major college level before. But how does that guy jive with the rest of the transfers? That's something you'll never know. And so there is guesswork involved. But Jordan Addison 
He wins the Bolitnikov. Pitt was projected to have a really good season. And then he leaves, right? I think you can always expect a guy that you don't expect, hmm, if that makes sense, to leave. And then you should expect another guy or two to come in. I think the Diaz grand brothers are going to be really good. You would hope that they stay. You just don't know. You have no clue who's going to leave, who's going to stay. And after a great season, you'd think it'd be more likely than not that everyone would stay. But the world of NIL, some big team comes in, some donor base, and says, hey, I know you had a great time at Pitt. Here's what we're going to offer you. Oscar Shibway was really good for West Virginia in his first year. The highest rated recruit I think that they've ever had, or certainly one of them, has a great year, has a decent beginning the next year, and then Kentucky's donors were tampering. They offered the guy a lot of money, and he winds up playing at Kentucky. Hell, he doesn't even go to the NBA because it made more sense for him to stick around for that money. So you just don't know. And that's one of the things that's frustrating for fans. I totally get that. 412-928-9370 on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Steelers busy in free agency. What their moves tell me about the draft. We'll get to that next. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet, Silverado's, Colorado's back in stock with a great selection. Stop in and online, sunchevy.com. Sunny today, high in the upper 40s. The Steelers, they signed guard Isaac Sayumalu from the Philadelphia Eagles, who immediately comes in and grades out, according to Pro Football Focus, as their best offensive lineman. He's a mauler in the running game, just like the other guy they signed, Nate Herbig. You got James Daniels as your right guard. Kevin Dotson, to me, going to go to the bench. Kendrick Green going to get cut. I think Nate Herbig becomes your swing inside guy, your backup there. The Steelers were interested in Orlando Brown Jr., trying to buy that guy to be the left tackle here of the present and the future. Obviously, he winds up signing with the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Steelers understand, despite how Mike Tomlin talked about Pat Meyer in his postseason press conference that even though the line got better last season, it's still a point of weakness, and now the hope is it's not. But I've always thought you're as strong as your left tackle. They still need help at left tackle. By swinging and missing on Orlando Brown Jr., it tells me that they were willing to make a financial commitment Well, how much of a commitment are they going to make in the draft? It also tells me that at the 17th pick, if you're willing to pay that kind of money to Orlando Brown Jr., you probably don't think there's going to be one of your favorite tackles there at 17. And so it does open this question in this can of worms. The Steelers, knowing that their offensive line is their problem, thinking with an educated guess that there won't be a guy there at 17 that they love, will they potentially trade up? and try to get one of those bona fide stud left tackles, one of the top three prospects at that position in the draft. I think that's a big-time possibility. On the macro, Nate Herbig played in Philadelphia for a long time before he wound up with the Giants. Isaac Sayumalo, 
whose name I'm going to say 15 different ways. He was a Philadelphia Eagle for a long time. Andy Weidel is much more than just the guy that sets the draft board. We have been told by just about every Steelers beat writer, with the exception of Ray Fittipaldo, that Andy Weidel was brought in not to be a guy that makes a lot of decisions, but just as a guy who's a great scout, who's a director of personnel, who is going to set the draft board. And I think it would be all too coincidental if Isaac Sayamalo and Nate Herbig were brought in if Andy Weidel didn't have a say. Like, you don't think Omar Khan, who ultimately makes the final decision on these moves, says, hey, Andy, what do you know about these guys? I think, of course, he does. And that is encouraging. Even if Andy Weidel were bad at his job, and I do not believe that to be the case at all. I think he's very good at his job. Even if he were bad, I would still say it's a good thing that he's got some say because at least it's a different set of eyes and a different perspective now on what the Steelers are trying to do. And that was so desperately needed. You know, it's no secret that the Steelers haven't won a playoff game in six years. It's no secret that they've been treading water in mediocrity. And for someone to have an outside perspective like Andy Weidel, I think is massively beneficial. And for Omar Khan to give that man a voice and a say-so is big time. I thought Mike Tomlin did his best coaching when he delegated to great coordinators. I think Omar Khan and the Steelers hired a smart guy in Andy Weidel and Omar Khan giving him say, that's a really good thing for Omar Khan to do. Fan Morning Show pre-show next on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.